0: Hello and welcome to Loose Narrative, a celebration of camp in cinema. Each episode we watch and dissect a cult classic film in order to determine what makes a movie truly and successfully campy. This week we're discussing A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge from 1985. I'm your host Christoph Bakula and with me as always is my radiant co-host, Chris Lane. Hey ya! Hi Chris. Hi. (laughs) How are you feeling today? I haven't slept in days. You haven't. No, I've been busy, taking, busy all those, taking all
1: those taking all those stay-ups. You know, <laughs> I don't want
0: to fall asleep. I don't want to dream. <laughs> so obviously, this week we are discussing a nightmare on Elm Street too. Uh, Freddy's Revenge. Uh, I love a long title. uh,
1: Yes, especially one with a colon. Yes,
0: I love (laughs) (laughs) love a good colon. Um, Chris Chris and I both love long titles. The um, actual title to Loose Narrative is not just Loose Narrative. It's Loose Narrative! Exclamation point. A celebration of in Cinema colon, it's complicated, parentheses, <laughs> I feel like a woman, yeah. end parentheses.
1: Man, I love a good callback to Denise Richards and Shania Twain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Two women we stand here on Loose Narrative. Oh, yes. So um, I'm excited because this week we are discussing a horror film. And you may be saying to yourself, it's late November, why are they covering a horror movie and to that I say you have no taste
1: that's right you must have no taste because and also, have you ever heard of Thanks Killing <laughs> <laughs> one of the great horror films of the Thanksgiving time
0: <laughs> is that in that one is is the turkey the killer yes of okay. course it's a, it's a
1: demon turkey I didn't know that, this, arises, but I that arises out of some sort of sacred ground in
0: New England <laughs> And just starts killing people. Well, we'll have to put that on the to-do list then. <laughs> so as we're already alluding to, clearly horror can inherently be very campy. A hundred percent. And for myself, in my mind, I'm kind of coming up with a rudimentary definition for what, how to define camp. And one of the ways I'm looking at it is you take a concept and you basically put a funhouse mirror onto it. You manipulate it. You exaggerate it to the point where that concept is now silly or no longer in good taste.
1: Yeah, it's it's to the point of no return.
0: Yes, right. For example, the concept being a woman, a drag queen is that camp, funhouse mirror version of the concept of a woman. Yes, it's a it's someone's reflection of something else, right? Yes. So let's take our core concept then being something that might be taboo or um, kind of taboo or uncomfortable. Okay. So take, for example, the first couple of movies we watched. We watched a couple of sexploitation films. Yes. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls is a sexploitation film. Um, Cage Teat is a Woman in Prison film, which I would still put under the grander umbrella of sexploitation. Uh, yes. Um, Light like so, sex. So the if, if <laughs> our concept is is sex then these are kind of camp versions of sex because you see Gigantic breasts and there's silly sound effects. That's right. And it's all very gratuitous To a certain extent. Yes (laughs) so you take a very very taboo subject like sex which isn't maybe openly talked about in proper society and you, you exaggerate it, you manipulate it, and yeah. then that's this big silly thing. And we want to we wanna watch it because it's, it's fun. over the top. Yeah. I love it. So then you take horror films. Mm. And I would say a lot of horror films are very camp because you take something like death, you take murder, and those are really uncomfortable subjects for us. But camp makes them silly. Camp makes them no longer in good taste. Camp makes them easy to laugh at. Yes. Yes. yes.
1: I mean, I just, for some reason, like, what came to my mind was, like, when some people, like, when they, ex- when they experience death, they start laughing. Yes. Right? Like, well, it's, like, so out of realm of, like, I think understanding. Yes. Right? That therefore, then
0: it's something else that you can laugh at. Absolutely. Right? And you're invoking for me the episode <laughs> of Mary Tyler Moore where she laughs at the clown's funeral. Oh my
1: God. That's one of my favorite episodes. Thank you <laughs> so much
0: for bringing that up. It's a classic. It is
1: the most hilarious moment on TV. Yes. I think one of them. I, sometimes when I'm like a home, at home alone, I will just watch that episode
0: by myself <laughs> again and again because I love it. Yeah, it's so good. So, so you know, death is obviously something uncomfortable and horror films kind of make it easier for us to laugh at death. Yes. Um, and I guess for, I would also say, furthermore, for queer kids, for kids who were kind of on the, the outskirts of maybe society or felt that way, um, camp, I mean, horror films are kind of dark. So I think we're kind of, we're kind of attracted to that the, the, aspect the of The dark it. side? We're kind of at, attracted <laughs> to oddballs and creatures and, yeah. you know, things like that. Because we don't fit in the mainstream. No, Exactly. That's why we're doing a podcast about, you know, bad movies from the 70s and 80s. Yes. <laughs> and when I say bad movies, I don't mean actually bad movies. I don't I don't think any of these movies are bad. I think they're all fantastic.
1: Yes, but other people perceive them as bad.
0: Yeah. Whereas we think that they're really good. Yes. And they are good. Absolutely. And let's talk about why. Yes. So that's enough of a check-in. Let's um, start talking about A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Um, I'm going to start us off, like I always do, by reading the synopsis cold from imdb.com. That's right. Cold like the other side of the pillow. (laughs) (laughs) And it goes like this. A teenage boy is haunted in his dreams by deceased child murderer Freddy Krueger, who is out to possess him in order to continue his reign of terror in the real world. I mean, I want to watch that movie. Yeah. Right? Immediately. He's I, back. Freddie's back. Freddie's back. I mean, I love any, any movie about a deceased child murderer. <laughs> Sign me up. I feel like it was, I feel like we're supposed to inherently know that Freddie's a rapist. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's inferred, right? It's inferred, but never explicitly stated. No, of course Cause not. Because it would be too gross to say it out loud, but we all know.
1: That he loves children. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wait, do you feel like you're his child? Are you Freddie's <laughs> child? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'm one of one of Freddie's children.
0: <laughs> oh, are you referring to later in the movie where he says yes, they're all his children? Like, yes. Got it. Okay. Sorry. Wow. Okay. But just proverbial, like, yes. are you one of Freddy's children? Yes, I <laughs> yes. am. <laughs> if, if one of Freddy's children is like the cult of his fans, as in Nightmare on Elm Street fans. Like a Freddy lover. Yes. <laughs> I feel, I literally just said he was a child rapist, so now I feel really uncomfortable saying that I'm a fan of his. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> not good. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> Um, so there's good reason why we chose A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and the reason is that this is the gay one. Ah, yes it is. Finally! Yeah, this is the gay version of A Nightmare on Elm Street, and we will tell you all about that, um, and I think this is time to pay a visit, um, to dig into the nooks and crannies of this movie's history, if you will. And pay a visit to Chris Lane's History Corner. Mm, Welcome to my corner.
1: (laughs) Um, I think uh, really a significant thing about this film is that it saved New Line pictures.
0: Um, That is interesting.
1: Which is very, very fascinating. Um, Like, if the film had, like, done horribly at the box office, then that studio would have not lived a day to go and, like, eventually, like, work on, like, films like um, uh, Hairspray and, like, Polyester and all those, like, wonderful John Waters films. Like, you know, well, actually, Polyester was before, was before this film was released. So, scratch that. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, regardless, the film cost $3 million to make. It grossed $3 million or about $3 million that weekend that it opened, November 1st. So they at least broke even. They at least broke. Well, yes, <laughs> they, they, they broke even. But then they went on to make $30 million. Oh, that's amazing. Which is phenomenal. Yeah. But then in terms of like the more juicier part of this story is that this was written by um, someone that wanted to create kind of gay undertones in a horror film, right? Um, it was written by David Chaskin, who I don't know. No, not at all. But, but it, it, the director was was Jack Shoulder, and he did not know that there were some gay undertones written into this script. He um, So he directed
0: it not knowing that it he was... He directed a scene where a high school baseball coach is hung up, stripped naked... S- slapped in the ass. Right. And, and earlier he was wearing like a leather tank top. Was, he did not right. know this he was, was a gay movie.
1: No, he was in an S&M club. A yes. gay S&M club. <laughs> or some sort of queer setting. Yes. Yeah, no, he didn't, he didn't, apparently, allegedly, he did not realize that it was, that it had all these gay undertones, which is insane.
0: Yeah. Because they were overtones, I would say. They were way overtones. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the lead actor in the film, Mark Patton, is also gay himself. Yes, he's he's
1: openly gay. I don't know if he was openly gay when he made this so. film. I don't. I mean, back then, if you were openly gay as an actor in 1985, yeah. I don't think you would be in a no.
0: Nightmare on Elm Street film. No, absolutely not. <laughs> the 80s were a tough time. Yeah, they were. Um, so, anything else we have
1: to touch on? No, I think that that... I think that's a good setting into, you know, you transition
0: from like talking about gay stuff into talking about more gay stuff, right? Let's get into the gay of it all. It's time for the meatiest part of our podcast, our probe into the plot, where we break down the narrative of this movie beat by beat. Let's do it. So, we open on a school bus driving down the street. Our protagonist, Jesse, is sitting at the back of the bus and ke- kids keep getting off until it's just Jesse and two girls and they miss the bus stop and keep driving that's right and and like at one point Jesse starts getting really hot yeah
1: right and he tries to like lower that horrible window yeah remember those the school bus windows that you could never With ever the open impossible or close class. oh god they, those were horrible but
0: um But yeah, like the the bus doesn't stop and it keeps going and it keeps going faster and faster. Until it ends up in the desert. And then it becomes dark outside (laughs) and the bus stops, the earth underneath it starts to open up. And we pull away to see the bus like teetering on a stalagmite. Yeah. (laughs) Good good use of geology there. Thank you. (laughs) Um, The driver reveals himself to be Freddy Krueger. Oh, Freddy's back. Yeah, Freddie's back. And he comes to attack the three teens. The other two girls we never see again. No, we don't see them. I don't know why they were there. I
1: don't know. I wonder if you clocked the sticker that was next to the ignition. Uh, the, uh, the body glove the, sticker? I love a good, like, kind of... <laughs> What do you even call that? That's like an innuendo of like f- that Freddy's gonna be the bus driver. Like, it's just like.
0: Oh, glove. I didn't even piece that because together. Because of body glove, yeah. You know, I was just like, oh, you know, like they're trying to like set this a world. Like, the bus driver would have like a fun sticker on his on his dashboard. No, he's got I thought a They f- were just paying attention to the like setting. I mean, I, it it what what's wonderful about that is that it it
1: fits into kind of the world.
0: Yes. It does. Absolutely. So so the the bus is teetering on a stalactite, stalagmite, I'm sorry. Oh my yeah, my god. Yes, stalactites tight up top. Like three geologists just unsubscribed <laughs> from oh our no. podcast. <laughs> um, and Freddie walks up to the three teens, he swings his glove to kill them, and we smash cut to Jesse's mom cutting a tomato. And it was beefsteak. Oof, a beefsteak tomato. <laughs> and and as we've um, found out with a lot of our movies, we love a good smash cut. Well, especially you, you yeah. love a smash cut. <laughs> I'm sorry, I guess I'm speaking for both of us. Wait, but... I love a good smash <laughs> cut, of course I do, but I love the way that you say smash cut. <laughs> Um, so Jesse wakes up screaming and sweaty, and he is wearing some tidy whities in this scene.
1: Sounds like me every morning when I wake up yeah. and I have to go
0: to work. <laughs> Chris gets the Sunday Scaries every night of the week. Every night. Um, we have a close-up shot of eggs cooking, and then that <laughs> cuts to Jesse coming downstairs and promising his dad he's finally going to unpack those boxes. Oh, yes. So we get subtext that this is, um, they they just moved into this house. Um, did you clock Jesse's sister? <laughs> yeah, where she's, she's looking through that cereal box of Fu Man Chews. C-H-E-U-S. Chews. C-H-E-W-S. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Spelling was clearly my best subject yeah, in school. Very problematic. <laughs> um, 1985 era cereal box. Yeah, and she finds her prize in their little, like um, little Freddy Krueger claws. So that what was did a, she call that was them? a cute her, touch for foo nails for foo man fingers. Her foo man fingers, looking for
1: her foo man
0: fingers. I feel uncomfortable just saying that. <laughs> um, so Jesse's friend Lisa comes to the house, and they end up going to school, and. We are in gym class. The guys are playing baseball, and the girls are in art- doing archery. They're shooting arrows.
1: Yeah, it was like a field day.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: right? Wasn't that field day?
0: <laughs> yeah. Or they just thought, like, girls don't play baseball. They go shoot some arrows. Yeah, right. I don't know. Archery. It's a women's sport. I mean, think of the Grecian goddesses. Oh, that's true. So, a girl asks Lisa if she's getting any. Oh, my... I mean, what a great way to start a scene. Yeah, and... So, you getting any? (laughs) How I start every casual conversation. (laughs) And Lisa insists her and Jesse are just friends. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesse then gets hit on the head with a baseball, probably because he's so sleep-deprived, he's not paying attention. And then later, um, he gets his pants pulled down, uh, to which the girl talking to Lisa, which I think might be her friend Karen, but she yells, Nice ass! Because he's wearing a jock strap. Yeah. Oh, was he wearing a jockstrap? Yes. Strap? It looked like a jock strap. Well, his bare ass was out. But your bare ass is out when you wear a, a jock, jock strap, strap. <laughs> exactly. So, thank you. I think I missed that detail. I thought he just pulled down his pants like to reveal full ass. Well, maybe I was picturing a jock strap. But I believe I, th- I, I believe thought I saw that one. there was a jock I thought strap. I saw there. One. So, then um Jesse and the cool jock who pulled down his pants, uh who he Learn is named Grady, or I think it's Ron Grady. Ron they Grady called him Ron or, or Ronnie or Ronnie, yeah. Um, and they're punished to doing, I think, push-ups or maybe just like weird planks. I well, they had to assume the position. They had to assume the position, and it was yeah, it was just
1: like planks. Yeah, but like it wasn't a. It was like a. It was like a like a push-up plank.
0: Yeah, their elbows it wasn't, were bent. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. But then they were told to hit the
1: showers at some point.
0: Yeah. Well, at this point Grady says that the coach is mm. giving him a hard time because he yes. likes pretty boys like him. Yeah. So, this is where we get the first um first hints at the coach being gay. Gay.
1: He also says that he goes to like S&M joints.
0: In that conversation. In that
1: conversation. And he says he says that the coach likes to get his get his rocks off like this. He goes to S&M joints. Oh, okay. And that's, and then he says that he cruises
0: pretty boys like you, which is like, that is like out there. That is very, <laughs> very discreet, not discreetly, it is very directly out there. I mean, it's a setup for a gay porn. 100%. <laughs> so let's continue. Um, we learn in the locker room that Jesse moved into Nancy's house from um, Nancy Thompson from the first A Nightmare on Elm Street film. Um, then cut to nighttime, Jesse can't sleep again, so he goes downstairs, and he's wearing a a scrub top? Right. I, I never understand this, like, I guess
1: craze, because people, I, I see people still wear scrubs. Well, maybe- But But not, not, like, out,
0: but like,
1: like, like, in, like, casual, as clothes, yes, or like, I don't know, people that are clearly that I know are not nurses or doctors. Yeah. Right.
0: They just have scrubs because they are so comfortable. I guess <laughs> they are very comfortable. But you know what else? They're also expensive. Really? Yeah. I'm a I'm a physical therapist and I've had to buy scrubs for different like clinical rotations. I work outpatient, which is great because now I just wear gym clothes to work. Right. But if I was in the hospital setting, I had to buy scrubs. And every time I had a new rotation, I would have to buy different color pair of scrubs because every every hospital has like different rules. And uh-huh. it was like, ugh, I gotta chill out chill out money for this outfit that I need. That's crazy. I feel and like they're just fabric yeah. sewn together. Yeah, they are. <laughs> like well, there's nothing special <laughs> about them. That's what blows my mind about my profession, this is a tangent, <laughs> is that we either wear scrubs or like business casual. Like the most oh, the most ratty clothes you can think of. Yeah. Scrubs or like you know, slacks and a shirt. Right. Like I said, I'm lucky I work in a very casual ortho sports clinic so we don't follow any of those rules but yeah it's there's this weird like dynamic between how physical therapists so weird could you ever wear scrubs on top and slacks on the bottom (laughs) i mean (laughs) now that i've seen this movie again and see what jesse looks like i I might why not um so he jesse walks outside um and he looks down and he looks down to the boiler room and he sees Freddy krueger at the furnace you know just casual like you do grabbing a pack from grabbing a bag from inside of the furnace
1: who's that mysterious man
0: down there yeah and i love it in this movie whenever freddie shows up there never seems to be any tension it's never like a jump scare it's a, he's just across the room he's yeah there he's already. normal yeah oh i'm a fan of freddie there he is um so then then jesse goes back inside um he looks downstairs and sees Freddy. He calls for his dad, and as he's closing the door, um, the door handle starts to move, he struggles with the door, and then all of a sudden, Freddy's behind him. Um, Can we talk about his scream? Has he screamed yet? No, I'm getting to it. Oh, okay, good, all right, sorry. So first (laughs) I wanna say that Freddy says, you've got the body, but I've got the brain. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: I I feel like that should be like my grinder profile description.
0: (laughs) and then just a shot of freddy what he does is like pulls his head back to reveal his brain (laughs) it's such a good moment yeah and also you know brain is is slang for giving a head it is yeah i never (laughs) knew that ever you don't listen to enough rap songs no i don't i really don't (laughs) um so this is where jesse screams (laughs) And he he gives a full on like Ned Flanders feminine scream. Yeah, he does. We had a preview of it like, like uh, after his first nightmare, but this is like a full on blood curdling woman's scream. Yeah, which is why Mark Patton got the name of the first male scream queen. That's right. So, but still with a female scream. Why can't he be
1: like a uh, be the first male scream queen, but like have like a man scream? Right?
0: What does a man scream like? Ah! (laughs) Right? I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know. So, he wakes up again from his bad dream. Um, We cut to a classroom. There's an anatomy lesson happening. Um, the instructor just like throws a heart down on the table. Did that ever happen in your biology no, class? No. Did you that's ever? It's so unsanitary. Wow. You have to like use formaldehyde. You got to put your gloves on. Oh, you guys use gloves? Yeah. Oh, maybe not in <laughs> Texas. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, so Jesse falls asleep in class, and then slowly a snake wraps around his he- his head and he wakes up screaming in the classroom, but the snake wasn't a dream, the snake was real, and it was on him the whole time. And how did that snake get out? I have no idea, there was no buildup to the snake being on
1: him. Yeah, was that was that also like a metaphor? Like the snake being kind of phallic, or the snake's always like a penis, Yeah, right? Sort of like wrapping around him? I don't know. Potentially. I mean, who you let that snake out me.
0: of his cage? <laughs> And then, um, the next, the the next scene, Lisa is in the pool and her mom tells her that Jesse's calling her. Um, Jesse wants to leave his house, but his dad insists he unpack. And then he goes upstairs and puts on the song all night long by wish, which is a very gay song.
1: Yeah. Touch me, baby. Hold me baby. Yeah. All night long. (laughs) And I love like the kind of, is that like a, what, what, what sound is that? It's almost like a Caribbean
0: xylophone type sound, right? Yes. I love it. That, that good eighties, like club Mm -hmm. vibe. Mm -hmm. Um, He puts on some sunglasses and a baseball cap cap and starts dancing while he cleans his room and he's like booty bumping his drawers shut and. um, He's playing with some tool. He has some, no, it's like one of those, those. To- toys, those wooden like cup and ball things. Oh. But I think the ball can like pop out of it because at one point he like he's like holding it by his cross it, and it, it's he, like a penis. He, he makes it pop. It's so gay. Yeah, and then and then, I mean this th- this is his solo scene, absolutely. right? It's a solo scene. <laughs> <laughs> just coming of age. Um. So then, then Lisa and his mom come in, and. Um, I lost my place. Lisa and his mom find him doing this. Lisa helps him clean his room and they find Nancy Thompson's diary. Um, we notice he also has a sign on his door that says, No out of town chicks. It said, No out of town checks.
1: Checks. And he changed, he changed the E to, to the an I. I. But, like, what does that even mean? No out of town chicks? I only date I, local. <laughs> right. I only date a good, I only date regional girls. <laughs> she's regional what's your area code
0: <laughs> well that's too far for me <laughs> so they start reading the diary uh jesse finds a passage about freddie krueger and starts freaking out obviously because this lines up with what he's been dreaming right um jesse starts putting together that grady's story about nancy and how she saw her boyfriend get murdered was at his house and, um, that night Jesse wakes up and, um, everything in his room is melting. Like the baseball helmet, his records, his candles. Uh, he's slowly. Basically all the wax. Yes. Anything made out of wax. Wax and plastic starts melting. Uh, he heads downstairs. He goes to the boiler room and opens up the furnace and then he finds Freddy's claws wrapped up in a cloth. Oh, uh, what would you do if you discovered that? That's a good question. I mean, I'd I'd prob- I I'd definitely put them on. Yeah,
1: I'd,
0: I'd model I mean I'd, them a I'd keep bit. them right, yeah.
1: right? Maybe just like in front of that mirror,
0: just like. Toying with like Freddy's glove. Yeah, I mean watching this movie. I'd I kind of would like rather be Jesse than the people in Jesse's life Like I'd rather be possessed by Freddy Krueger than adjacent to somebody possessed by Freddy Krueger well, Yeah, it's, then it's not your fault and you're not the one getting murdered. That's right <laughs> <laughs> So suddenly, um The fire turns on in the boiler room, and is standing at the opposite end of the room, telling him to put on the claws and kill for him. Um, Kill for me. (laughs) So Jesse falls down, and then Freddy's gone. Um, It's the next day at school. Lisa and Jesse talk about Jesse's visions, um, and then Lisa's friend Karen, a girl with a ridiculous Minnie Mouse bow. I mean, like candy-striped Yes. Mouse that was ridiculous, but I loved it. <laughs> it was fabulous. It was a good fashion choice. Um, and there's not a lot of good fashion choices in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Although, some some looks I am obsessed with. We'll discuss further. <laughs> um, so, Karen mentioned she's looking forward to the party at Lisa's house. So, we're know that, we know that that's where we're headed. That's what we're building up to. So, uh, cut to another gym class. Grady and Jesse are running. Um, they talk shit about the coach, Coach Schneider, and then he overhears them and they're forced to do those weird push-up planky things. That Assume the position. Um, the home that night, the family, whole Jesse's whole family is complaining about the heat. And then the dad realizes that it's 97 degrees in the house. Jesus. I don't even know what that would feel like in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and you notice that that um, Jesse has much older parents than you would expect him to have.
1: Yeah, they're they're almost, but they're but they're not old enough to be grandparents. No. they're just like older parents. Yeah, like I have older, older, older parents, but my parents did not look
0: that old. Yeah, like they looked like they were like in their mid fifties. But then you also have to remember that because of the hair and fashion choices in the 80s, a lot of women just naturally looked like they were 40. That's true. So you have to cast older parents to recalibrate. Very true. And also everyone smoked. Yeah, that's true. They aged much faster. Yes. Skin wasn't as taut. No. (laughs) So cutting back to the family, the birds in the house go crazy. Love birds. Lovebirds. Right? Aren't those lovebirds? <laughs> yes. They are lovebirds, right? <laughs> so it's it's th- almost like
1: the opening of, like, of the birds. Alfred Hitchcock's The yes. Birds with the oh lovebirds.
0: My, oh my gosh, I wrote that also. No. Oh. oh, whoa. brain so, meld. Yes. So Jesse takes the or cover off. Or should I say off. brain meld? <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse takes the cover off of the birdcage. One of the birds falls dead onto the ground. and Bloody. Then, bloody. Like, decapitated. Yeah. And the other starts uh, attacking the family. So, he's flying around. So, it is like the birds, but, like, with one sad canary. Yeah. (laughs) Then the bird suddenly explodes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And the family's trying to figure out why the bird exploded. Um, They were rationalizing it.
1: Yes. Like, oh, that happens. There's a gas
0: leak in the house. (laughs) Must have been the bird. It must have gone crazy, and then they just exploded. (laughs) So... The dad suggests that uh, Jesse used a firecracker to kill the bird. How would that even be possible? I don't know. Like a cherry bomb? Yeah. Ch-ch-ch-cherry bomb. (laughs) So later that night, uh, Jesse can't sleep again. And he walks around the house. He goes downstairs and lightning hits the dishes in the drying rack. That's right. It makes zero sense. But it's totally normal (laughs) in Jesse's world. Oh. Lightning's hitting the dishes again. <laughs> Maybe they wanted us to like know for sure that he was in a dream and not sleepwalking. That's unclear though. It's right? unclear.
1: But but was this next part a dream?
0: Okay, so he's I mean, dreaming, but dream. it's all also all real. Like I think he visually sees dream things, uh-huh. but he is but he's acting in reality. reality. So he goes outside and ends up at a bar called Don's Place. So it's very, like, grungy, punk, counterculture, queer bar. I mean, I thought it was an ice house. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know what an ice house is. An ice
1: house is a place, like, in Texas where you, like, bring your own mixers. But, like, you know, it's, like, one of those countryside, like, bars or, like, saloons. But you, like, bring your own mixers
0: and, like, they, they supply the alcohol. I don't know. Interesting. That's what an ice house is. So then Jesse orders a beer from the bartender, even though he's like sixteen, and <laughs> he gives him the beer. And the the bartender looks like Dr. Frankenfurter. He really does. That's so true. <laughs> not not like I don't mean like Tim Curry is Dr. Frankenfurter. I mean like like a like a like a production of of like a regional production a regional of Rocky list. Horror. A Rocky Horror, yeah. Um. <laughs> So, he gets the beer, and then all of a sudden, Coach Schneider's, like, hand, is, arm is around him, around Jesse, and Coach Schneider is wearing a leather tank top. It kind of looks like a harness at first. It does look like a harness.
1: I think, well, they, they couldn't actually probably do a full-on harness, because yes. that would be alluding to, like, cruising. So, they found right? the, a tank top that basically has a built-in harness anyway. I mean, I want to find that. Yeah, it's, it's very chic. Could you imagine if you ran into your high school gym coach
0: in a gay bar? (laughs) I mean, I fantasized about it many times, but it's never happened. True confessions. (laughs) Um, So we cut to um, Jesse running laps around the gym, and then he's told to hit the showers. This part is so weird. Yes, this is the weird, right? probably the weirdest part of the movie. Like, like, like this goes beyond crossing the boundary with the coach. Absolutely. Like, I don't know. I I genuinely don't know. Like how this scene got made. Like how so many people had to agree to this happening, and at no point did not someone from the studio not say like, say, this "Hey, is, this is so fucking weird." Yeah,
1: it's it's like pedophilia. Yes. Right? Absolutely. Like, like Game to pedophilia. Find, to find your student at a bar that you're at and then take them to the school. Yes. And then take them to an area that requires, you know, it basically makes him run around till he's exhausted. Right? Sweating. Yeah. And then
0: makes him hit the showers. I almost wonder if they could easily write this off as like, oh, this is all a dream. So crazy stuff happens. Probably. Probably. It doesn't have to make sense. But... What's actually happening is bonkers. Yeah. Um, so the so Jesse's in the shower, Coach Schneider's like walking around his office, the tennis rackets start breaking, balls are flying everywhere. Illusion. Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> the whole shelf moves, and then like the coach begins being pelted with athletic equipment, all while in his leather tank top. Yeah. Um, jump ropes slither over to him like snakes, tie up his hands, and we cut to the shower where Jesse's still showering, and then all the showers turn on. Mm-hmm. The coach is dragged, he's tied up by the jump ropes in the showers, his clothes just fly off. Wow. It's like that scene of like Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty when he's like takes all his clothes off. <laughs> they used it in the trailer. Um, and then he starts being spanked by towels. While Jesse's watching. While Jesse's watching all of this, yes.
1: And those towels just start whipping out of that laundry basket, right? right? With a
0: fervor. Um, so, (laughs) Freddie comes up and kills the coach, tears up his back. Don't forget about the blood that came out. Oh yes, blood came out of the showers. Out of the showers. Um, and then Jesse realizes that he's the one wearing the claws and he gives off, oh, this is, he gives off another very feminine scream. I feel like this is even more feminine it's of It's scream.
1: Yeah. It's,
0: it's even more blood curdling. Yeah.
1: He's, he, the screams are just ramping up now. Yeah. I mean, the demon is really
0: inside you. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> then the police, um, show up and escort Jesse home. He shows up naked and his... Dad wants to know if he's taking drugs. Um, the next day, Jesse rushes out of the house, not wanting to talk to his mom, um, who insists he get professional help. His dad is just like a very typical suburban dad, and he's like, he's cleaning the he gutters. just needs a kick in the ass or to go to one of those methadone clinics.
1: <laughs> I mean, what was he doing? He was like, was he removing the bars? He was
0: removing the bars, right? Yes. Because oh, the bars he was removing are the bars from Nancy's mom put up there. That's right. Good catch. That's mm-hmm. a good detail catch. Um, so then at school we find out what happened to the coach was real. And um, one of the guys at the school says, oh, yeah, no, he must have been at school working. Found tied up with his bare ass out. In the showers. In the showers. He must have been working.
1: <laughs> and what coach works late? Right. I mean, that you know what I mean. I don't know who's listening to this. Maybe there are coaches that do work late, but like, I want to know what you do.
0: Yeah, tell us. Do you, are you are you a high school gym teacher and work late at night? We want to know. <laughs> so, the next night, um, Jesse hears something in his desk, and he finds Freddy's claws, um, and he hears Freddy's voice telling him to kill. Uh, He opens this door and sees his sister jumping rope and singing the song like, One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Right. More rope, too. Yeah. Oh, good call. I don't understand the purpose of this scene. Of just seeing her? Yeah. I mean, it's creepy, but... I
1: think it's just building up to the fact that, like, you know, this is Freddy Krueger. He's back. Right. Right. And... That that like I don't know she's still connected somehow, right? Because he because he's in the house. Got
0: it. I think. Yeah, I mean the scene could I have been cut, but this movie the cut. movie was short already. Yeah. Um, so the next morning, Jesse asks dad if he knows why the house took five years to sell, and you know they start to argue, and then the toaster catches on fire, and it wasn't even plugged in.
1: So weird. Can I just say too that the Mr. Coffee or whatever that coffee pot is, my family had that coffee pot. Also the couch that they have, like we had that couch too. And then I feel like at some point, and this th- this gets later in the film, but Ron's blank, like his blankets, his like bedding, I feel like my family had like, or at least I had that
0: bedding as well. Is maybe this film just had like all the best sellers of 1985 in it. I, I guess so. But I think that what is what makes me feel connected
1: to this film. Oh, Reminds me of, of Home. That's Just, cute. I'm kidding.
0: My home was not at all like this movie. <laughs> there was not a deceased child murderer coming to kill you in your dreams? No. <laughs> so then Jesse and Lisa are in a car. Uh, Jesse is convinced he had something to do with Schneider's death, Coach Schneider's death. Um, since he dreamed it. And then Lisa and Jesse end up going to the power plant that Freddie used to work at. Um, they're both wearing terrible light wash jeans and yeah. Jesse's crotch is like on full display. I mean, I wish that I had Jesse's bulge. <laughs> <laughs> You're so ridiculous. Okay. Don't make me sing it. Um, we learned that Freddie killed 20 kids at the power plant. And Lisa at, then asks Jesse to like to like psychically figure out what's going on. Right? <laughs> it's like you're connected to him, Figure it out. And like, how does he do that? Well, then he thinks he's using psychic powers and is like, "Oh, I'm going to edge towards this this cabinet. Wait, he's edging? Yes.) <laughs> <laughs> he's edging towards the cabinet. Oh, okay. and they um find a rat, and it's like a it's just like a lame jump scare. Yeah. Um, we cut to Jesse's house where we get first person POV from Freddie's point of view. That's right. Um, he wakes up Jesse's sister and then the camera pans around and we see that it's Jesse just wearing Freddie's gloves. So he almost killed the sister. Right. So so he ends up taking stay up pills and drinks Coke not to fall
1: asleep. S-T-A-U-P. dash St- 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 up Stop. 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 I mean, and also Coca-Cola. I mean, when I was a kid, like, if you drank Coca-Cola, you were, like, up all night. Absolutely. That's how you stay up. All that
0: caffeine. Coca-Cola. Don't mix
1: it with the Pop Rocks.
0: (laughs) And then in the 90s, it became Mountain Dew.
1: Oh, yeah. Mountain Dew Surge. (laughs) Did you ever drink that? No. It was, like, a red... I think it was called Surge. It was, like, red, or it was, like, extremely neon, green, yellow. Yes, yes. But, like, Mountain Dew is
0: already, like, a weird color. But, like, the Surge was, like, you could, you had your choice of, like, red or... You know, I'm, th- I'm remembering now. It was, like, off-brand Mountain Dew, but it was stronger than Mountain Dew, or at least the other kids claimed. I don't remember. <laughs> so, the next morning, Jesse um, lies that he slept okay. And he gets into the car. Lisa can sense something that is wrong. Um, we cut to the school. Jesse, Lisa... Um, Karen and Grady all sit together at lunch, and I was surprised by this because earlier it seemed like Grady like hated Jesse, and then all of a sudden they're like best friends.
1: They're best friends, but in this scene you can't understand Grady, yeah,
0: because he's, he's just, food just like in his eating
1: mouth. like he's like, do do you ever remember that commercial, the peanut butter commercial with um with that guy that's like eating or no, it was a milk commercial, and he was like eating a bunch of peanut butter sandwiches and he had a like guess like you know, some sort of piece of trivia and he like can't say it. So he's like, Amber!
0: Amber! do you remember that? Vaguely got milk. I, but I, that's what the scene yes. was. It was
1: like, what is Brady even saying?
0: It was, it was played for comedy and it was stupid. It was stupid. Um, so nothing super interesting happens in the scene. We cut to the party at Lisa's and it's kind of like a lame, sophisticated adult party at the beginning. Um, They have, like, classical music playing. Yes. Um, So then Lisa follows Jesse into the house when Jesse goes. He feels like he's losing his mind. He's scared to fall asleep. And this is the
1: pool house, right? Yes.
0: He's just becoming very paranoid. Yes. And Lisa assures him that everything's going to be okay. And she gets close to him. Uh, She starts to kiss him. He seems hesitant at first, but then she goes for it. And then... They are really ugly kissers. It's gross. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly like she's the fag hag. Yes. 100%. I mean, her energy, her entire energy is very fag hag. Yeah. I also think the fact that she's like a Meryl Streep type adds uh, to that. She looks just like a young Meryl Streep. So so you see this girl and you're like, this is the the gay guy's best friend. That's right. Um, But he's going to experiment. He's going to experiment. Like, he's going to kiss her. They're dating in this movie, but like one year out, he's going to, she's just going to be his best friend. That's right.
1: In college.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, So Lisa's parents go to bed and the party turns up. It really does. Um, Which is so weird that they like knowingly go to bed while there's a party going on at their house and the Kids obviously turn up the music and the parents can hear it. And they're like, well, those kids, you know, they should go to bed. And the mom is like, let them, let them do their thing. But it just, I don't know. I I can't imagine the situation happening in real life. I loved you that they were drinking a cocktail in bed. Yeah. Wasn't that fun? So class. They like clinked glasses in (laughs) bed. Like,
1: cheers. (laughs) Turn off the lights, dear. Yeah, it
0: was adorable. (laughs) Um... So cut back to Lisa and Jesse, where he is awkwardly like licking her sternum. Yeah, like, it was making, like a motorboat. Yeah, they're making out. Meant to out. be a motorboat. He. It was meant to be a motorboat, but there was like. But she's a, laying down. She's laying down. His her boobs are like spread, so he's like trying to get his face in there, and he's just licking her sternum. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> so then, then his tongue turns into like a creepy, like tentacle, Freddy Krueger tongue. And he gets freaked out and rushes out of the room. Um, she's upset, um, so he ends up Jesse ends up going to Grady's. His shirt his shirt is open a lot in this movie. It's all the time. I felt like he was always wearing an unbuttoned short sleeve shirt all the time. I mean, it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. Ninety seven degrees. Um, so he asks Grady if he can stay there, uh, and he admits to Grady that he killed Coach Schneider. And says something is taking over his body. Um, Grady says, yeah, it's Lisa, but you want to sleep with him. Um, So, so this is a very not subtle scene of like, oh, great. Of, you know, Jesse really wants to sleep with Grady. It's it's a completely gay
1: scene. Like this is the start of like, like. I don't know, like a big gay porn scene,
0: right? 100%, absolutely. They're both shirtless or half shirtless. And the door's locked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Jesse then asks Grady to watch him as he sleeps, not letting him leave. I
1: mean, again,
0: do you just want to watch? Yeah. (laughs) So many undertones. So many overtones. (laughs) Um, Lisa and Karen are still up at the pool party. Karen convinces Lisa to go find Jesse. So, cut back to Grady and Jesse. Grady's watching TV. Jesse's, like, awkwardly sleeping on a chair, curled up like a cat with broken legs. I don't even know how to describe it. Um, all of a sudden, Jesse starts freaking out, and claws start to grow from his fingertips. Uh, Grady sees this and starts freaking out. Um... Jesse screams, and we see Freddy's eye like from the inside of his mouth, which is so comical. I loved that shot.
1: I absolutely love that shot.
0: Um, and then and then Freddy ends up bursting out of Jesse's chest like his face bursts out of his chest. I mean, this
1: is like an a la like an American werewolf in London. Yes. Transformation.
0: Or it reminded
1: me or a the little bit of. Wolf. It
0: reminded me a little bit of The Thing, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um,. So, Grady. Oh, I love the thing. We should watch The Thing. Ah, oh, yes. Um, Grady's parents can't get into the room, and Freddie ends up murdering him. Um, and then we cut to Jesse standing over Grady's body, telling us Jesse was the one who did it. Um, the police arrive to the house. Jesse runs out of the house. He ends up back at the party and runs into Lisa just as she's leaving. He tells her he killed Grady. Um, and then he says, he's inside me. I'm scared. He's inside me and wants to take me again. (laughs) Lisa tries to make him believe it's all subconscious, but Jesse insists it's actually Freddy owning him. Um, and then she's getting psychological. Right. And then Lisa tells him he can fight back. Um, we're cutting back to the party. The, the barbecue then catches fire. The hot dogs start popping like they're firecrackers. <laughs> and then the beer starts um, bursting. bursting open.
1: like comical.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not scary. It's not, it doesn't even create danger. Freddy's just being a dick by wasting the beer. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> all the doors at Lisa's house start locking, and um, Lisa's still encouraging Jesse to fight Freddie. Um, and then the fish tank blows up behind her, the lights outside start exploding, and Freddie emerges, you know, from out of nowhere instead of Jesse being there, and chases her around the house. Um, he finally catches up to her. She falls, struggles away from him. He bites her ankle, <laughs> and she ends up escaping him, grabbing a knife. <laughs> um, and Jesse from inside of. Freddy asks her to kill him. Right. So we get these moments where it's either Freddy or it's Jesse talking through one body. Um, She ends up stabbing him repeatedly, but it appears as though, like, Freddy is made out of some, like, mattress foam. Right. The the knife is just, like, bouncing. It just keeps going in and there's nothing
1: that happens.
0: Um, Jesse, as Freddy says, I love you and grabs her face but ends up jumping out the window.
1: <laughs> now, I, one thing that I, like, in this scene particularly, I asked myself, is Freddy Krueger hot?
0: Yeah, he... Okay, right? I had the same okay. thought. You did? No, I, I had didn't. the same Stop thought.
1: Stop it. No, okay, so here's... here's and First of all, I'm not attracted to the face. The face is disgusting, right? Like, just put a bag over yeah. it. Yeah. But for some reason, Freddy Krueger's body is incredibly sexy. He was looking jacked in this. Yeah, jacked, but but also like slim, too. Yeah. Right? Like he's clearly got like a thigh V, right? You you know, the yes. the thighs are not touching. I'll be honest,
0: I don't even think the face bothered me that much. And certain angles. Oh yeah, certain angles I will say. Yes. Where you can't
1: see those those wrinkles, those burn those yeah. burn wrinkles. <laughs> you know, there is this like artist, his name is Chris Wright, and he creates these like kind of very well they're not kind of they're extremely homoerotic etchings of famous horror figures male horror figures oh so there's like the freddy krueger one who's got like the gloves and also then has this like really hot etched body but has the freddy krueger i might have
0: seen this before you know what's funny to me they also i have a t-shirt um like a weightlifting t-shirt and it has a picture of um, Jason on it from Friday the Thirteenth, mm. and it says "Murder the Barbell." And Jason's really hot on it; is he is like an eight pack. Yeah, and that's how they that's how they portray him in um, Jason's in the Mortal Kombat game. He's in Mortal Kombat Ten, I think. He is. Yeah, he's like a downloadable <laughs> what? character, oh and God. his body's jacked in that too. Because of course it's Mortal Kombat. And if you remember, Jason is like. A deformed hillbilly. Yeah, that's right. And they're trying to sexualize him so much now, where he has these like bursting abs. Yeah. When in the movie he's got like hog body. Yeah, and he's got like a deformed face. Right. <laughs> why do we have to? Why do we have to make these monsters fuckable? I don't know, but like, I mean, we're clearly talking about them. Yeah. Right. And we're like
1: obsessed <laughs> with them. So like, I don't. It's very Sex sells, honey. It really does. And call me sexually confused. (laughs) Why am I attracted to this, like, person that, like, it's alluded to that he's, like, had sex with children and, like, you know, like, it's weird.
0: Right? It's, like, a weird thing. We're gonna have to delete this episode. (laughs) No. (laughs) All right. All right. So. Then, um... Jessie S. Freddie says, I love you, Lisa, and grabs her face. I read that part. She ends up jumping out the window. He disappears, but Pat pops back up again at the pool party. And this leads to a massacre at the pool party, and this is so not scary. Like, if there's anything less scary than a pool party, I have yet to see it.
1: Yeah, this this is not frightening.
0: So, (laughs) even though the teens are dying, they're being murdered, they can't escape, um... (laughs) <laughs> Some guy tries to reason with Freddy, but he just gets, like, thrown.
1: Yeah, it's such a weird... It's such a weird scene, because it's not... To me, it, this is an allusion to, like, the Carrie prom scene, right? Yes. Where everyone's locked in. Like, you even see, like, that padlock get locked. But it's, like, not... But The first a, time I saw the Carrie prom scene was, like, Oh, my God, this is yeah. absolutely terrifying, psychologically and, like, physically. Yeah. But this was, like, not... It just seemed like... Like a yeah. nice casual hot tub was going on <laughs> in that pool. <laughs> yeah, there's no
0: atmosphere built
1: at no, all. No, no, no. But I do appreciate what what they were trying to do because really, in my mind, this whole film is a play on Americana, right? Yeah. And so in, in film, one of like the true like Americana genres are like those 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 films like Beach Blanket Bingo mm-hmm. or like the Donnie and Marie Osmond films, right? Where they're just like, you know, going away on vacation and there's like some sort of romantic complication. Absolutely. Right? And this scene was like a extreme play on that. It oh. just didn't it just didn't take it to like that level of
0: like extreme terror and fright. Yeah. Frat. I love that interpretation of it. Um, but yeah, I could have seen more. Yeah. So This is where Freddy tells the group of teens, "You're all my children now," (laughs) and then he walks away into the flames. Hence my reference at the beginning of this episode. Are are we are we Freddy's children? Um, And they literally wrote in my notes, "He's so random that Freddy." (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that should be a (laughs) t-shirt. Just because, like, he could have killed all of them at that moment, but then he's just like, no, I gotta go. <laughs> right. Like, I'm gonna go back to the power plant. <laughs> Ghosted. Like, I, I don't know what his plan is. Yeah, it's unclear. Um. So then Lisa drives to the power plant instinctually, I guess. Um, she ends up wrapping her bloody ankle with, like, a piece of cloth. And as she runs into the power plant, she's meted, met by two dogs with human faces. Uh, Except that they're clearly just dogs wearing like baby face Halloween masks <laughs> and the masks don't articulate at all. So like the effect is just totally lost. It looks like a dog like lost. struggling to get a a bucket off its head.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, but I bet like if you, if you were in a movie theater and you saw that, like you see it in an instant. Yeah. And like, that could be terrifying. Yeah. I don't know. Creepy baby but,
0: faces are always scary. They are scary.
1: <laughs> but like on a dog, I don't know. <laughs>
0: On a dog. (laughs) Um, Lisa walks to the power plant, and then ants start coming out of her wounds. But then when she looks again, it's still wrapped up. Yeah. Um, I have to say that this whole scene made me
1: think about how much I have appreciated the cinematography in the entire film.
0: Yes. Because it's
1: beautiful. This scene especially is lit, like, just, like, a a wonderful neon dream. Yes. Right? Like, it's very... Um, you know, just, like, cold prison factory-type setting with, like, these wonderful neon colors.
0: I love a close-up of, like, a swinging crane yeah,
1: hook. Yeah, like a hook.
0: Uh. Oh, like, such depth of field, too. Yeah.
1: I have to say, throughout the entire film, really, really great use of depth of field. Not to get too film school
0: on you. Um, so... She keeps exploring, she ends up climbing the ladder. And I love this part where the like the um there's like a manic rat puppet that jumps out. Yeah. <laughs> right? it, like, it was... Attacks her and then it's then immediately attacked by like a rabid cat puppet <laughs> with those teeth. Yeah. It's also, I love that. It's all so amazing and stupid. Um and then Freddy shows up, uh Lisa begs for Jesse to come out of him. And then Lisa says that she loves Jesse. Freddie starts to like bleed and all on the wounds where he was stabbed. On the wound where he was stabbed. Yeah. Um Lisa gives this like great performance through her tears about how she wants Jesse back and Jesse to come out of him and Freddie's all like, No, Jesse's dead. <laughs> um and That was it, such
1: a great delivery. That was such great delivery. On your part. Oh, thank you.
0: Yes. Um, Lisa keeps reasoning with him. She goes to kiss him. So she kisses Freddy Krueger, which apparently we learned we both want to do. I, yes. I, I think I would do it. <laughs> and that's just some real talk. Yeah. <laughs> the power plant starts catching fire. Um, I guess because Freddy's like overwhelmed with feelings. <laughs> Clearly. I guess so. How do you kill Freddy Krueger? With love. With love. <laughs> that's like love. Um, So then the whole place catches fire, Jesse catches fire, um, and suddenly the fire dies down. Freddy's burnt body lifts up from the ashes, and he takes off his face, and it's Jesse underneath. Who has to, like, crawl through this mud. Yes. This, like, Freddy Krueger mud. (laughs) that's His his remains, really. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Lisa goes up to his suit-covered body, and she comforts him. Um, he puts his face on her on her chest. Can, can we just really quickly go back to his suit
1: covered body? <laughs> his soot. Oh. His body. Oh I th- oh, I thought you said
0: suit. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> He's wearing a Fr- Freddie Krueger suit. <laughs> <laughs> soot. Um, and the next morning, Jesse's leaving his house. He's happy. He says goodbye to his mom. Um, He gets onto the bus and kisses Lisa. Karen, the friend, is there also. And then Jesse goes, I can't believe it's all over. And Lisa just goes, let's not talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Typical 80s. (laughs) Um, And then the bus starts speeding. Jesse freaks out. um, But at first it seems like nothing is wrong. And Karen says, it's okay, it's all over. And then uh, there's a really bad cut. And then Freddy's claw comes out of her chest yeah but you could tell that like it was just a very poorly edited scene it wasn't a smash cut it was not a smash cut it should have been a smash cut it really could have been. i would have been excited about it <laughs> um freddie's hand burst through her and we're back in the desert from the beginning of the movie and as katie perry says i guess it's never really over no it isn't <laughs> So, that was A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Freddy's Revenge. From 1985. Book number two closed in that franchise. Um, With many, many more to come. Um, So, I think it's part... Part. It's time for our final camp analysis. Mm. Um, this is the portion of the show where we analyze the film for its camp value by answering the three fundamental questions of our Pat podcast. So let's start with number one. Is this movie campy? What do you think? I say yes. Well, I, I mean, I say yes, too. I mean,
1: I think number one because it's horror so that's an automatic like it's going to be
0: campy right well not necessarily i think horror can be um you can make you can you can have horror without camp if it's really like gritty and subdued like gore porn yes right um yeah like an eli roth like that's not campy absolutely but saw is campy saw saw's pretty campy yes but it also was gory but yeah there's like it those... has to be pushed like i said earlier to that level it has to be yeah. pushed to that level where it is kind of almost in poor taste or just out of the box out of control
1: yeah there's something about like the the gore porn that's straight up gore porn that
0: like feels real yes right and like in camp like it's not reality like maybe if you took a gore porn and you would you know the the person getting murdered would make really silly faces. <laughs> yeah, like I'm was... imagining, like Don Knotts getting murdered <laughs> in a hostel. That would make it camp. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but in this movie specifically, it is um, the choices they make with what what the death scenes are, what the like what the set pieces are. Yeah. Like a dog with a baby's face. Like a dog with a baby's face. Exactly. Like immediately campy. Uh-huh. You can, mm-hmm. There's no way you can make a dog with a baby's face, like actually scary in my opinion. <laughs> right. Right. Even though that was meant to be, that was supposed to be a frightening moment. It's yes. like one of those cuts, those immediate cuts that are supposed to make you jump out of your seat. But instead you burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and therefore it is camping. Yes. I think, I think we need to take a moment to really like appreciate the stunt queen that is Miss Freddy Krueger. Oh, I percent mean, She comes out every night with that tired fedora <laughs> and that ratty-striped sweater, but she is turning stunts. She's turning tricks. She's turning tricks. <laughs> I mean, there, her, are, and, and their <laughs> there are... And they're children. There are... Oh, Lord. <laughs> there are shenanigans. There's goopery, trickery. Yes, just buffoonery. Stop me up from the floor. (laughs) Get a mop. (laughs) There are birds exploding. There are hot dogs popping. There are beer cans bursting open.
1: I mean, it's comedy gold. Yeah. Right? I mean, again, going back to that
0: giant pool that's one big hot tub. Exactly. (laughs) All right, Chris. So for our third and final question, how loose was the narrative of this film on a scale of 0,000? Two five fingers, also known as a fist. Are you asking if Freddy's getting fingered? Fred, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm asking.
1: Well, I would maybe put two in the pink here. Okay. I give it, like, two. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's Freddy.
0: Yeah. He's back. And he's gay. <laughs> <laughs> and like we said, anything anything really silly or offbeat can be written off as being a dream sequence, which kind of, kind of makes the looseness of this narrative hard to pin down. That is true. But yes, I'll, I'd give it a serviceable two fingers. I mean, he got fingered. <laughs> so I think we've made our point. I think we've made our point that this movie is very silly and over the top. She's campy. She's th- th- Um. Any final thoughts on Nightmare on Elm Street 2? I mean, I just want to watch the third. Right. Ugh, Dream Warriors is so good. It's so, so good. It's my... It's probably my second favorite after this one. Mmm. And what's your... Well, I've only seen the first three. Oh, yeah, of course. Right. Which just say the original's third place. That's... Hmm. We're going to have to do, like, an in-depth comparison, I'm sure. You, at some point, we will. Because I said, I said earlier that I don't think the the deaths are as fun in this one. No, they're not. As they are in some of the other movies, so... Maybe I no. need to reanalyze my opinion. Well, we we certainly can. I mean it's it's hard to
1: do a camp podcast and not go to these films. Absolutely. Like it's like you have to.
0: Yeah. So
1: we do we do um encourage you to watch yeah. what we watch. I mean it's available anywhere. <laughs>
0: Honestly. <laughs> they're they're trying to give some of these movies away. X, Y, and Z is just up full on in full on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so before we wrap up, let's talk about what camp things we're enjoying outside of this podcast in a segment we call Loose Recommendations.
1: Mmm. Kristoff, what's your latest loose recommendation?
0: So recently I got a Nintendo Switch Lite. I don't even know what that means. So the, the, new, the current Nintendo video game system is called a Nintendo Switch. Oh, it is? I didn't know. Yes. and switching? So so (laughs) she switches between playing on the TV and playing on a handheld device. Okay. But the Nintendo Switch Lite is just the handheld device portion. Oh, that's fun. So you can't stream it on your TV. So basically, it's just a new Game Boy. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So. Why can't we just call it Game Boy? I don't know. I'm so confused. They should just call it like Game Boy 2020 or something. Oh God, they really should. Just all (laughs) this, they they really need to stop with the switchery. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They are switching it up on us. They're flipping the script. (laughs) Um, so I am, I'm currently playing a game called Cuphead. Oh, it's, didn't we have a
1: scene in this movie that was called Cuphead, (laughs) right? Wasn't he playing with that, with
0: that stick and ball,
1: (laughs) stick, ball, and cup, wasn't that called Cuphead? (laughs) Wait, tell us
0: about Cuphead. Cuphead is a, um, it's a very difficult video game, um, based on 1930s cartoons, so the oh entire art style of the video game is very, like, grainy, silly, cartoony, and it's it's yeah. based in the 1930s. And Chris knows that I'm a big fan of Betty Boop cartoons. Yes, you are. Um, I believe that Betty Boop was the original third wave feminist. Ooh. <laughs> Tell me more. I mean, the entire premise of a Betty Boop cartoon is that she is an attractive woman who who runs away from creepy lecherous men who want her for her body mm. because she's more than her body and she can she can um not consent even though she's wearing a sexy outfit wow I love that analysis. Right? I think, I think I think we should it. adopt Betty Boop into a, a third wave feminist icon. Anyway, the video game Cuphead <laughs> reminds me of cartoons like Betty Boop and therefore I really enjoy it. So that's my loose recommendation.
1: Oh, that's fun. I love that. I, I mean, now I'm going to have to play. Yeah. I'll let you play my Switch. Oh, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you liking? Um, you know, it's really hard. Really, like in terms of music right now, <sighs> I'm listening to a lot of Little Mix.
0: Ugh, I love Little Mix. I mean,
1: you know, to be honest, because I never, I, like, I never attached to music of the current age and of the current time. And so after watching RuPaul's Drag Race UK, there was like, someone from Little Mix was on there. And I was like, who is this? I've never yeah. heard of Little Mix.
0: And I am absolutely in love. One of, in the words, in the words of Cheryl Hole, girl groups are my thing. <laughs> and I particularly love British girl groups. They're so good. I can give you a lot of recommendations on British girl groups. The Sat uh The Saturdays are an amazing one. Girls Aloud might be my favorite one.
1: Ooh. Um
0: that's that's Cheryl Cole's oh, girl yeah, okay. group. Yes. Yeah, Girls yeah, yeah. Aloud? Them, the Saturdays, Little Mix, The Spice Girls, the Sugar Babes. I remember the Sugar Babes. N- uh, no honey, it's sugar babes. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> So um, yeah, love Little Mix and keep keep digging into those British girl groups because mm-hmm. you might you might like what you find. I'm, I'm you know one of my first concerts was the Spice Girls, so it's oh, a great place to start. <sighs> it really, really is. Um, and this is a great place to end. Oh. So <laughs> um, I want to say a very special thank you to Ben Brucker oh for gosh. our music for helping us with our audio. Um, Google him. Employ him, and employ, employ him, employ him. If you need have any musical needs. Um, thank you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ben. Um, our social media handle is at Loose Narrative Podcast on Instagram. I am Christoph Bakula. I am at Pakula, And I'm Chris Lane. And I'm at Topher Lane. And guys, if you enjoy us, please subscribe to our podcast Uh, rate us five stars please and give us us a comment yeah give us a
1: review yeah just a little hey what's up how are you
0: (laughs) Um, so as always it's been a pleasure and we'll see you guys next time bye